podcast for your big questions get real answers my name is matt king i'm your host here in the city of chicago and joining me here in the flesh once again is glenn fitzgerald the president of mission usa i'm barely alive (laughs) but i'm here yeah triumphant return from the grave indeed also joining us director of mission usa productions jed brewer i am back but not in the way that glenn is back okay my my backness is not noteworthy Okay, it's just, it's understood. Yeah, Glenn's backness should be celebrated. Okay. Yeah, correct. I, I can dig I can dig that. Also joining us all the way from Richmond, seeing one of the pastor of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Technically, I am alive. And that's an achievement. It is. Okay, here, here's what we're dealing with, is uh, I just, I just had, first of all, yeah, I declare an emergency. Is this a health emergency? Wow. This is... I don't even know. You didn't know. use a declared emergency like that. Yeah, you have more vim and vigor. You've Let me got tell you some, what. You got some edge in this declaration right here. This is, I don't even know what to think emergency wow. right now. Okay, first of all, last last time we recorded the podcast, I was near death. Right. Okay, so uh, very ill, and so I thought to myself, well, these fellas are going to sit in sackcloth and ashes, and you know what? They're going to be praying. Man. Right, sure. Uh, sure. And, you know, so I'm like, what are these poor podcast fans going to do when they don't have the magic? Right, sure, absolutely. You know, and, uh, they, they look forward to it every week. You absolutely. Know? Some people, they, they got to have their fix, man. Sure. You, know, you, can't, you can't deny them that. So I'm like, well, you know, well, imagine my shock that I, you know, pulled up my uh, little podcast uh, app. Right. Which uh, Jed is short for application? Wow. Oh, I did. I thought it was appetizer. That makes a lot more sense. It I does. thought it was appliance. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, and what happened was because podcast tenders are delicious. No, I don't know I, if I mentioned I, that. Beer battered <laughs> podcast tenders are the best. You know? They're not as good as podcast poppers. Right, gets a little yeah. bit of jalapeno in there, but yeah, uh, you dip them in the ranch dressing. But it, but this is the point. Okay. We we like to get right to the point here. You get right. Is to the there point. a point, or is this a subtle sponsorship deal we have with Applebee's? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what happened. I'll is take a podcast slider, please. Some <laughs> sort of bizarre uh, a joke of a podcast recording happened without me in it. Was it a sham? It was a, a sham a podcast. Sham. And here's what I'm saying: is here's the first question I have. Yeah. Is was this or was this not recorded under protest? Here's the thing, Glenn. We wanted to record under protest. Matt made us record the show. We were refusing to do it. He made us do it. He's a slave driver. He's a taskmaster. It wasn't our fault. We didn't want to do it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Anything you're upset about, Matt's fault. You know what? Then it was got, true when I was growing up. It's apparently still true now. <laughs> you know what? When you guys say that, it seemed really true. Yeah, really sincere. They yeah. believed it pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. No, that that seems totally correct. Yeah. You know, so pretty much, I it's like I was stabbed in the podcast back. Sure. <laughs> and you were uh, stabbed in the outro. <laughs> and I I had I I had. Uh, you know what? I had a lot of feelings in my feeling place. Okay. Uh, which is also the uh, name of my new Christian book. Right. <laughs> feelings in my feeling place. Yeah. And, it's going to sell. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I'm just reeling. That's, okay. That's my emergency. Well, the thing I want you to know, bro, is that yes, technically we did record a sham podcast in your right. absence sure right. but that was like one hour and barely even an hour right of, the rest of the time it was sackcloth and ashes it was intercessory prayer yeah. really we were like we were like putting prayers at you uh-huh. from yeah. other places but just not right. we had a vigil we had uh-huh. actually a prayer yep. chain going there was wow. oil anointing oil and the whole thing Wow. We put it in a super soaker and shot it at your window. Uh-huh. So well, maybe some of it would get through. Yeah. We couldn't find anointing oil on short notice, so it was transmission fluid. Okay. But <laughs> pretty much the same thing, as far as I understand. Well, you, if you get something that's low viscosity, that's, that's kind of what That's the thing. The viscosity fun. rating was the same, so we figured, right. 
effectively it's all yeah it's all good. you know uh, you know in, in in terms of the the, the basic uh, spiritual lubrication very Absolutely. similar you know you want to present you want to prevent thermal breakdown glenn that's that's, that's exactly right because uh, you you know yeah well, here's. I think Glenn was so sick he actually had thermal breakdown. I did. I think that was in the diagnosis. That's exactly right. I did. I was having every form of thermal breakdown. But uh, so so first of all, you know, it's like a, a betrayal. Sure, it's it's sure. just like that. You know, beware the like, odds of pod. You know, <laughs> it's, Matt. It's exactly what happened. But then we're dealing with a, a even more profound betrayal. Really? Uh, Is it something that someone other than me did? That's true, yes. And I'm outraged. Lee, yeah. what did you do? What did you no, do? This one is on Jed. What? Yeah. yeah. And here's what happened. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows. Yeah. We have a vicious beef with Canada. I, I've, I, sure, I guess. Now, there are several It's kind of hard to get a vicious beef going with Canada. <laughs> Here, well, it, here's the thing is, first of all, they think they're better than us. Right. Second of all, kind of right. Which makes it very rude. They got the health care. They got the same things with the happening in the country. Sure. Uh, That's cogent it, political analysis, they, Glenn. They got okay. the Justin Trudeau. They t- Let me tell you right now. Justin Trudeau, pretty in the face. Right. Okay. Everybody likes him. He's got the, little, he's got the flippy hair. You know, sure. Just, just the, yeah. the flippy. No, and he knows science and all of that. He understands complicated math. Okay, so it's like, uh, you know, we're dealing with a lot because we don't have any of this. Sure. Okay, we got chaos, mayhem, nonsense, drama, conflict, and hair that is a lie. Yep. A hair <laughs> configuration not known to exist in <laughs> nature. Yeah. If yeah. any of you have been hoping for uh, political coverage on the Say That podcast, this is as close as we're going to get. Yeah. So... We're dealing with Canada sure. on on all of that. Sure. Imagine my shock. Okay. To discover while I'm in a debilitated state. Right. Unable to monitor the comings and goings. <laughs> Jed is actually spotted in Canada. What? Going over to the enemy. Sure. Consorting wow. with the enemy up to the, the Lord only knows what it's. It's an emergency, y'all. Now, by spotted, you make that sound like you had scouts in the field. Do you mean he posted <laughs> pictures to his Facebook of him in Canada? Exactly. Well, it's and a, I spotted it's it. It's a delicate spy network you have. That's right. <laughs> I put my feelers out and discovered it on the internet. Well, Jed Dreyfus Brewer, do you have anything to say for yourself? <laughs> Look, I want to be a peacemaker. Okay, whatever. I want to make. Peace. I don't even know who's talking to me right now. All right. Here's what I'm talking about, Glenn. Here, yeah. here's, here's what I went on a fact-finding mission. Oh, that's, okay. That's what I did. I went to the St. Lawrence Market okay. in Toronto. Okay. All right. I went to the Carousel Bakery, uh-huh. and I said, I hear y'all got the best Canadian bacon sandwich around. Now, as you're saying this, mm-hmm. are you like pushing things over and yelling? Really you know I am. Because that's how Americans do it. That's Glenn's kind of peaceful mission. Yeah. All right. Because I'm like, look, you, you know, you, you tell all these ham lies, right? But it's time for the truth. I want the best of the best, right? You know, put your your ham bacon money on the table and let's right. see what's up, right? Right. You know, let's because make ham great again. This is exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> right. right? So I go and I have, and they technically they call it the the what is it the pea meal bacon sandwich, whatever. And I'm, you know, what I'm ready to do? I'm ready, ready to take ready. a big bite. And just spit it out. Right. And say, that's what I think of your sham ham. That's exactly. And I was perfect, up to like 4 a.m. working on you that. You know what? That's a great line, Jim. Yeah. I mean, thank I, you. just 100%. Of, that, that worked for you? That was good? Completely. Awesome. Okay. Because I put like a lot of work no, into that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I mean, oh, I've yeah. got I've got my, my Springsteen born in the USA right. yes. a t-shirt on. Yes. Right. Yeah. I got my jean jacket. Absolutely. But I don't have it matching to my jeans because that's a Canadian tuxedo. That's right. I'm not going out like that. That's right. In the most American of things, do you have your Born in the USA t-shirt on in full lack of knowledge of what that song is actually about? Yes, I do. Sweet. You see that song as a patriotic anthem? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to take a bite, spit it out, yeah. sham ham, storm off. Right, yes. But then, Glenn, something happened. What happened, Jay? Something unexpected. Okay. Uh-oh. It was delicious, Glenn. 
Jed. It was, it was scrumptious. And before I know, I, I said, well, I, I don't want to judge prematurely. I, I don't want to act in haste. Ma- maybe one more bite and, and, and we'll see. And, and, and then I, two bites turned into three. Jed. And then three turned into oh, four before Jed. I know the sandwich was gone, Glenn. And the sham ham was within me. <laughs> you just I wake was up, the sham ham. You just wake up in an alley with crumbs all over you. Like. <laughs> Hallie's it, like, I don't even know you anymore. It was okay. just like that, Lee. It was we, just like that. We have tried repeatedly, friends and neighbors, on this podcast to warn people against Canadianism. Okay. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because this is what happens. Right, the maple you, menace we call it. You go. <laughs> this is what ha- Jed thought. Look, I can go beyond the maple curtain, <laughs> and I can get it. But this is what happens: riding the frozen dragon. It <laughs> you you get just a you 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 know what you played with fire, Jed, and you got burnt. Well, Glenn, given the not one but two betrayals that you have suffered in this past uh, week. Can I just amend that last line? Please sure. do. You played with ice and you got frostbite. Well, good. Was that better? Let's go with that, that one. Was really good. Like Matt, that. we'll go ahead. We'll and run them both. That. We'll see how they play. Okay. Sure, that's good. good. That's Test good. audiences and whatnot. Right, yeah. Well, Turn Glenn, your dial to the left for mm. frost pun. If you haven't received your say that approval dial, keep an eye in your mailbox. Given that I betrayed you not once but twice yes. in the last week, and, yeah. and in a, a sign of turning away from my dalliances with mm. Canada, I'd just like to say in this moment, sorry. Wow. Uh, wow, Jed. Sorry. Wow. Why, why can't you accept my apology, Glenn? It's, Jed, I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm just without words. I'm, but but, but I, I, I said that I was Sorry. You know what, Jed? It you know what it is. I can just, I I can still smell the maple on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when a buffalo has maple smell on it. Yeah, <laughs> from Canada, and the herd rejects the buffalo. That's what we're dealing. So it's a ritual shunning. Okay, is what we're sure, dealing with. Sure, you. sure. But if you wash it off, I'm sure uh, you know. We'll see, Jed. But Canada understands me, Glenn. Yeah, well, wow. I know you feel like that's true, Jed. <laughs> Maybe but, just a cleansing bath and some, some barbecue sauce. That's right. <laughs> Ranch dressing. Ab- there have, you go. He's going to have to take a, you know, a ceremonial ride on a jet ski. That's right. Yeah, no doubt. That's right. Well, we've betrayed one another. Yes. We've been offensive to large swaths of the Earth's population. Who didn't do anything to us. Who didn't do anything important. to us. I, I feel like we, we're pretty well back in our groove. I think we're back yeah. in form, yeah. Feels yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so on that basis, I declare in America freedom, the wall just got 10 feet higher, emergency <laughs> all. <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> you know, I disgusted game. myself at the end of that. That's yeah. good. That's good. All right. Well, again... This is one, not the first time I've had to make this transition in the Bridgebox plug. We have many fine Canadian subscribers. We really do. Wonderful people, some of whom sat down and dined with Glenn and shared stories. And, you know, that was a nice time while it lasted. Probably never going to happen again, but nope. that's that's lovely. Um, we've had fantastic uh, support from our Canadian friends. And they give us only eight American dollars a month. I don't know what that is in Canada money. But, uh, you know, it's probably It's like more? A four and a half beaver pelts. <clears throat> Fair enough. Fantastic. For that low, low price, they get sermons, songs, Bible studies, guest devotionals, and all sorts of stuff based around a topic. This next month, upcoming topic, June 2016, is What Does God Think of Me? So that's Identity in Christ. We get sermons that Glenn and I preach the bridge. You get songs that Jed and Lee have produced, songs from our friend Pete, some Bible study stuff. Some Bible study stuff that we've had people using their small groups. We've actually, uh, just today, our man Pete Lawson handed off some bridge box Bible studies to a guy in Division 11 of Cook County Jail. So it's good stuff. It works everywhere. And most importantly, you can support the work we do behind bars and on the streets of Chicago. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. All right, we're going to move to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end, and I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. All right, our first question comes in anonymously at our Tumblr box, and it says, How do I start dating a girl long distance? I used to live in City A, and that's where I met this girl. I now live in City B, a few hours away by plane. But we've been ch- chatting online, and I'm starting to fall for her. Is it a good idea to start off on a long-distance relationship? 
I think she likes me too, but I don't know how to even broach the subject or how to even make it work. And Lee, you advise many of the young people on the relationships, college-age folks who get into this kind of thing, so why don't you start us off? Uh, glad to. Thanks for writing in. Uh, not only do I do a, a fair amount of this, but I also dated long distance. My wife and I dated long distance for two years. And uh, one thing, very fortunately for you, is that it's not the 90s anymore. And so yeah, this is a yeah. whole lot easier than it used That's to be. That's good for a know? lot of us, because I didn't look good in those Jenkos. <laughs> tell you that much. <laughs> well, and when, when we dated long distance in the 90s, it was like, you know, hundreds of dollars on, a, on you know, a long distance phone bill yep, on yep. a landline. Yep. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of interstate driving. Um, uh, a lot of email was brand new. We were doing, we tried out the email just quite a little bit. And actual... Uh, post like paper stamp post so the the whole thing is totally opened up now for y'all there's like facetime and and uh and you know and and the snapchatting and the whatever there's there's just all kinds of really cool stuff ways for you to be connected in ways that that we never could and and that's really cool but um that's not going to get it done and, and the heart of this is that dating long distance you got to do a couple of things one is You've got to make and set some clear expectations for what do we hope that this thing's going to be like. And you need to talk about what that is. I expect to be to to have uh, to make a connection with you in this way. I expect us to talk this much. I expect that when we do get to be in the same city, we're going it's going to look like this. And if you don't talk about that stuff and make some clear plans, then probably what's going to happen is when you do get together in the same town, you're just going to kind of crash on the couch and make out till dinner. And while that does sound extremely fun, it's not going to be really the foundation for a, a really great relationship that you're going to yeah. want to have. Um, and so, you know, what you want to do is you want to make some very clear plans and and then you want to measure expectations and, and find out how are we doing on this and have real good, clear conversations about how do you feel about the connection that we have? Um, so, you know, you try stuff out, you try different kinds of dates, you meet in the middle somewhere, you know, on, uh, you know, however far your cities are apart or whatever, and, and, and make some plans to have some really fun, memorable days. Uh, what you want to do is kind of collect memories. And so you can kind of draw on those times when you're, when you're apart and just having to rely on, you know, phone calls and FaceTime and texting and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and the other thing I would say on this is, when you're getting creative and trying to come up with plans to, to be together when you're, you know, when you're not in the same city uh, or when, when you do wind up in the same city, work real hard at not being defensive about what doesn't work out. Just be ready yeah. to flex. Just be ready to flex and try something else. Hey, you tried something. You had an idea. It wound up being stupid or it wound up not being very fulfilling. Great. Don't be defensive about that stuff. Get ready to move forward on it. One time I was... Uh, <laughs> One time I was actually talking to, to to Brother Glenn over here because we had this funky situation with a, a couple of folks that wanted to get together. It was a weird situation. A lot of people were kind of hung up about it. And and I said, you know, I just kind of told him what the situation was and said, what do you think about this? Do you think that this this couple, here's the guy's situation, here's the girl's situation. You think this is a good idea? And Glenn said, of course it's a terrible idea because it's a man and a woman. And so <laughs> right. what what you've got to do is figure out how to make it a good idea. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. that's why I say specifically what you want to do is this is it's it's not it's not the the uh the you know this is not the best circumstance to not be in the same town when you're trying to put a relationship together. That is not a good idea. But the question is how creative can mm -hmm. you be mm -hmm. about making it a good idea? Yeah, and how right. good can you be at managing expectations and not in a defensive way, listening to the create to, to the honest feedback and trying to flex and make it something that works? That's a lot of really good stuff, and I think there's some really excellent stuff in there for us to unpack further. And Jed, love you to you to do that with one of the things that Lisa is interesting. It's totally true, and it's true of all relationships is that uh, this is going to take clear boundaries and mm -hmm. open communication. That's definitely true of all relationships, but. I think one of the things that differentiates long-distance relationships from maybe one where we're in the same town is long-distance relationships need more of that from the get-go. Yeah. If in the same town, you can kind of hang out for coffee once and see how it goes, and then the, mm. the, the direct communication, the openness of communication can kind of take a more uh, easy timeline. Yeah. If you're going to do the long-distance thing, you kind of have to jump on yes. there. And I'd, I'd love you to talk about how that happens in that I don't think we want to – 
um, jump into a deeper stage of the relationship necessarily, yeah. but open and honest communication has to be there from day one. So how do we do that? No question about it. I think it comes down to, you've, you've probably you know heard before the idea that clear, open, honest communication is the foundation of a good relationship. And that's that's really true, but um, it's it's true in all cases, but it's essential here. You just, you know, you said in your question, which I appreciate you writing in, um, uh, I think she likes me too, but I don't know how to even broach the subject um, and then how to make it work. You broach the subject by broaching the subject. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you say, I like you. I think you like me. I think we should be more than friends. I'd like to talk about that. Right. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I want to have a conversation about you and I being more than friends. Well, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and one of the things about that, and tell me if I'm, if you're thinking on the same track here, that's a similar conversation we tell people to have in real life. One of the things about a long distance thing is Lee's pointing out there are a lot of good ways to do that. There's FaceTime, all that stuff. But in what you lose in a lot of these other types of communication, especially if it's textual yep. is tone of voice and absolutely. eye contact. So everything mm-hmm. has to be amped up even more for clarity, right? No question about it. No question about it. You know, I mean, the, the best kind of cu- communication for a lot of reasons is face-to-face. Right. Um, you know, everything else is a significantly not as good version of that same thing. You might think, well, if we're on FaceTime and see and hear each other, it's, you know, it's 90% of the same. It's it's not exactly. Right. I mean, it's a heck of a lot better than nothing, but it's it's not the same as being in the same room as a person. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not quite the same thing. So... Um, in truth, in any relationship where it you know is really important, we want to be clear, we want to be unmistakable in what we say and how we say it and whatnot. But that's that's really, really true here. So Matt, you were saying, which is very sharp, it's not about we're trying to jump into a deeper stage of the relationship, but it's about being crystal clear about what this stage of the relationship mm, is going to be. Smart, right. So that's about saying, you asked, how do I broach this? I like you. Yep. I am romantically interested in you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am interested in seeing if there's a future in this ro- in this romantic relationship, yep. I believe you feel that way about me as well. Right. Please correct me if I am wrong. Right. I would like us to enter an exploratory stage where we talk regularly and figure out if we are interested in pursuing a more committed romantic relationship. Right. Now, this is the thing that sounds kind of unromantic because it's it's very it's it's almost where's uh, the mystery, man? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, it almost reads like a science textbook. But this is the thing about it is a it gets rid of misunderstandings yep. mm-hmm. and that gets rid of hurt feelings mm-hmm. and unmet expectations and whatnot. Right. But the romance comes on the other side of it. Right. Um, there, there's two possibilities. Possibility A is you're wrong. You right. think she likes you too, and and you say, I like you. I would like to invest in this relationship. And she comes back and says, I do appreciate that. I'm flattered, but I, I don't feel that way. Right. And, and that will suck for a moment, but right. you know where you stand, and she knows where she stands, and, and we can all move on. What's more likely is you you kind of give the speech, and she says, oh, gosh, I, th- I feel the exact same way, and I think that's great, and let's get into it. There There's plenty of romance at that point. Well, yeah, promise. and there's a romance to being that vulnerable to tell her. Absolutely. Regardless yeah. of how you tell her. You Absolutely. Know. And here's the key thing on that is this is actually really good training for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hope to have a healthy relationship, whether it's with this person or in the future with someone else, I mean, we hope that this works out and that all of your respective dreams come true. But if it doesn't and you know you, you date other people and whatnot, you will have healthy relationships to the extent that you are able to clearly communicate your thoughts and feelings and wishes and desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true in literally every area of life. You know, Everything mm-hmm. from sex to money to family to kids, everything, it boils down to – can you clearly and unmistakably communicate your wants and your desires and your wishes and your concerns? And this is a great way to begin learning how to do that. It's really sharp stuff. Also, Jed sounds less convincing than other spokesmen when he says, we hope all your dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to put that out there. I don't think Jed's going to be getting that Disney pitch man job anytime soon. But Glenn, love you to close out on this. And uh, this goes all the way back to something uh, Lee said where he quoted you and correctly attributed you, yeah. which that part's rare. Yeah, it is. The quoting really. is not rare. The correctly attributing, super rare. Yeah. But it, it goes into something that I think is important here, which is, no, long-distance relationships are not an ideal setup. Right. The thing about that is there's no such thing as an ideal relationship setup. There's right. how do we how do we work to strengthen the weaknesses? So yeah. what do we do about that? Well, yeah, I you know uh, I- I- exactly right when you say is it a good idea? That's it, 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 as you're saying, it's the wrong question to ask. You know, 
the flush toilet was a great idea. That's that's you, 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 no relationship has ever elevated itself to the level of good idea. Lynn Fitzgerald, toilet. hopeless romantic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, it, it is a struggle to take a, a, a crazy, nutty, romantic idea and turn it into, into something good and healthy and and uh, uh, functional. Uh, uh, I think I might want to ask critical questions about how long you're going to be separ- separated and uh, how long until you're able to maybe be together. If this is four years of college, that's going to be pretty intense. Uh, also, it, it is a bit uh, more of a challenge to start a relationship long distance. Um, l- likely, I had a long distance relationship with, with my wife before we got married. Uh, and uh, we were able to make that work and, and, and so forth. I, I think these guys have given you uh, fantastic advice on it, and and I think the perfect advice. Uh, but I think the the thing that I would add to that is is to, uh, in terms of the setup, in terms of the layout, is to recognize that that um, once you, assuming perhaps that we that this will work out, that you will start this relationship, to to recognize that the problems that you have at that point, the struggles, issues, concerns, whatever that exist at that point are not due to the distance. That is to say, all relationships have challenges. All relationships have problems, conflicts. That might be your family. It might be your friends. It might be a job that takes up a lot of your time. It Mm. might be studies that that monopolize a lot of your time, something like that. But one way or another, all relationships have these challenges. Uh, The distance is just one challenge of probably several that you'll be dealing with. Right. But... What I see people do in long-distance relationships is they say, this relationship could be great if if it wasn't for this distance. Yeah. The distance is what's killing us. And that's pretty much never true. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that uh, if you're ha- as, as, as Lee and, and, and Jed are both rightly pointing out, if you're having communication problems, uh, that's not because of the distance. Yeah. You can get on the phone. You can get on the Skype and... Skype sends all the words that you say into it. Yep. Eventually, you know. That's that was a very unsuccessful Skype slogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we send all the words that come out of your noise hole. Skype. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, you know, it'll 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 get there one way or another. Buffering, and then it'll happen. Who knows? But uh, you know, you, you there's a, a means of uh, communicating clearly if if there are problems and struggles and conflicts. Uh, we don't want to blame that on the distance. We don't want to look at the distance as sort of a universal excuse as yeah. to why things uh, can't be uh, good and healthy and functional. Uh, but I think uh, uh, ultimately uh, I would go back to, to what Lee was saying really in terms of uh, having goals, expectations laid out and having a sense of, what is it that we want this relationship to do? What we mm-hmm. want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And I, and also, I mean, these guys gave great answers. I would really also uh, reemphasize what what Jed was saying about being more explicit. I think that's very good advice in terms of uh, I I can't um, I can't sort of tippy toe up on all of these things. I have to be able because of the situation because of the uh, uh, of uh, the physical separation, I have to be able to look somebody in the eye and say, "I I don't want to be your friend. I want to be your boyfriend." I don't know what that looks yeah. like, yeah. and I don't know what to do uh, with that or about that. But that's where I'm at. But if you, yeah, and and if you want the same thing, I know together we can figure it out, and and that and that sort of a camaraderie thing. But you have to be almost point blank explicit about things. Yeah. One thing I love about the, the advice on the um, keeping it, everything really explicit, like these guys are saying is it feels like that feels like something that you don't want to do, especially if you feel like I've never been smooth in relationships. So I don't want to just say everything and make it sound like a real pedantic kind of thing. Jed said that sounded almost like a, you know, like a science textbook. Here's what I can absolutely promise you as just as a dude who has, you know, been doing the dishes while, you know, my wife's been talking to, you know, gals that come by the house, you know, and, you know, conversations going in the background is that the gals will get together and analyze everything you say and talk about the adorableness of the fact that you just had the courage and the sincerity to say that you like them. Yep. You know, I mean, there, yep. there's going to be this, there's, 
there's going to be a whole adorableness conversation. You know, I feel like guys think what I need is I need to be smooth. And you don't need to be smooth. You need to be you. And if, if they, if they dig you, then all of a sudden everything that's you becomes completely adorable, which is great because you get to not have to put up a front. You get to just be you. And that's the thing that, that they want is just, is that you're being honest, you're being yourself, even if it sounds like, if even if it looked like, if you were to put this in a movie, it would be the worst movie script in the history of the world. Great. The thing right. it needs to be is sincere. And that's then right. they, and then all of a sudden, that will be the most adorable thing that's ever happened to them. Well, and Lee, off of that, how many times have you overheard those same conversations about this guy is not clearly defining this relationship and it's driving me insane. Oh, that well that's the one that's those are the ones where you're taking the Kleenex box in there for the yeah. you know for for the for the kids so that because of the, the all all the tears and stuff that are coming yeah. down because they're so frustrated with the fact yes. that it hasn't been defined. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's all a lot of really great stuff. All right, we're going to move on. We have another Say That interview. This is uh, the lead singer of a band called August Burns Red, kind of a heavy metal band. As a matter of fact, we know they're a metal band because they were recently nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. You may have heard of it. Uh, The lead singer is a guy named Jake Lurz, a very cool guy. He uh, is also the uh, founder and executive director of a uh, kind of nonprofit called heartsupport.com, which is kind of an online community for people dealing with depression and self-harm. And so we got got to talk to him about music, got to talk to him about that and kind of his story. It's a lot of very cool stuff. We're appreciative of Jake for taking the time. We're going to take you to that right now. Thanks for taking the time. I, uh, I understand you guys are headed off to Europe pretty soon. Yes. Yeah, we are. We've got some headlining shows out there and um, some festivals that we're going to be playing. So we're just, we just got off of a six week long headliner tour in the, in the States. And um, so we've got a little time at home. So we're just uh, trying to relax and, um, you know, enjoy time with family and friends. Well, very cool, man. You mentioned trying out for uh for August Burns Red, the band you're with now, what was the journey like getting from kind of getting started in music to ending up in this band? The first uh, show I ever went to was a um, Strike Anywhere show. Okay. And the front man is just completely, completely insane. Um, great, you know, great showman, uh, just a great all-around front man. And, and after I saw him, I was like, man, this is, this is great. Like, you know, he's a, he's a preacher in the sense of, you know, this is what I stand for, this is what I believe in, and um, he's spreading a message, you know, super encouraging guy. And so, uh, you know, at the age of 16, I was like, man, I want to do that. So I just basically, you know, started to find friends in my area, um, you know, trying to find musicians to start bands with. I went through five bands. I ended up trading my, uh, selling my Nissan Maxima for a cargo van. Um, I worked at a, at tons of different jobs just trying to make, you know, enough money so that we could buy gear. And um, I worked at a, a printing uh, printing shop where I didn't even get my paychecks. I just told them like, Hey, with the money that I'm making <clears throat> for working here, I want you to like, you know, make shirts for my, for my band. And, um, so I started just trying to really, you know, play as many shows as we could around the surrounding areas, cities and States. And, um, and then, you know, that band ended up breaking up, but we had demos and things. And I just, my buddy told me about August Burns Red in 2006. And, um, you know, he told me that they were looking for a frontman. So I sent them, I think it was even like a MySpace message. Wow. And like the link to, yeah, and a link to um, my music that I had um, created with my old band. And Brent, um, the guitarist of August Friends Red, called me maybe like three days later and was like, hey, you know, we really like your vocals. Um, so we want you to come come up here on Monday. It was Friday. And he's like, I want you to come up here on Monday and try out. And so I told my boss that day, I was like, look, I got to go do this, man. This is what I live for. And this is my dream. And he totally understood. So I quit my job. I left my friends and family, got in my 89 Honda Civic hatchback and drove up there. Um, and then when we tried out, you know, I, I actually toured with them for six, for six months before I became an official member of the band. Um, just because, you know, um, when you're, when you're, you know, implementing a new frontman, that's, that's a really big deal. Sure. Uh, it's like 70% of listeners listen to the vocalist, you know? So, um, 
you know, that's a big deal. So it took a, it was a long process for sure. But, um, you know, then, then, I mean, I, I've just been, been there ever since. And we've put out, you know, six albums. Uh, we've sold over half a million records. We got nominated for a Grammy last year. We've been to over 36 different countries. So I've seen a lot and I've been, been, uh, you know, been through a lot on, on tour and it's just been a, a really amazing experience. I'm definitely thankful and blessed for, to be in the position that I'm in. And, uh, you know, it's funny because it's like when I was 16, I was like, man, I just want to be in a band and, and I want to like spread a message, you know? Um, and then to see where everything has gone and, and, uh, I feel like where God's taken me has been pretty, pretty intense ride. That's, that's really amazing. Well, it's certainly one of the places God's taken you at least recently is kind of taking that success and using that platform to give back. So one of the examples of that, and there are actually a couple of really cool ones we're going to talk about, but is the single ghosts with kind of shining a light on the homelessness problem in America. What, what's mm-hmm. the impetus? You, like you said, you know, you're a 16 year old kid. You're all you want is to be in a band and sell records and tour. And now you're doing it. So what was the impetus to now use that platform you've gained to do something like shine the light on homelessness? Well, you know, August Burns Red has always been a band that, you know, vocalizes, um, you know, um, experiences that we've gone through and then like a message of hope sure. um, or things that we strongly disagree with, um, you know. Um, and so this was one of the things where we just, you know, we thought, hey, like the way that people treat homeless people and, and act as though they're like, you know, animals or they don't exist or, you know, they're not they have no worth. You know what I mean? Um, we just, that just rubbed us the wrong way. And we just wanted to, you know, really try to wake people up to the idea of like, Hey, look, you know, um, try to do something to, to help, you know, just the the smallest thing. And it could go, it could just be like going to a Seven Eleven and buying a sandwich, you know, when you see a homeless guy and he's coming out and saying, Hey, look, here's a sandwich, you know? Um, or, you know, if you're walking by a homeless person and you're a man of fate or a woman of fate, like praying, you know, just praying in your mind for them. If you don't feel comfortable praying with them or, you know, just anything to show love. Um, there was a homeless guy outside of our show on this last tour and, um, he asked me for money. And, um, so I gave him five bucks, you know? And, um, he's like, what's your name? I said, my name is Jake. He said, are you lying to me? I said, why would I lie to you about my name? He goes, well, people do that because they don't, they don't want to talk to me or they don't want me to know anything about mm-hmm. them. I said, okay. And um, he's like, I'm just, you know, I can't, I can't move forward. And I said, why can't you move forward? You know, he goes, cause God won't let me. And I was like, no, nah, I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that God doesn't want you to move forward in life. Um, and so I went into the, went into the um, show and I got on stage and, and, um, I told the people that there was a homeless guy out there and, you know, on stage. And I said, look, if you want to give him change or you want to get him food or anything um, for the people who are, you know, believe in God, like go up to him and tell him that God loves them, you know, and give him change or a buck. And I said to the other people, like, Hey, if you're not in the faith, tell him that he's loved. You know, if a homeless guy hears that over a hundred times in one night, that could, that could really change the course of his life, you know? Um, so anyways, we just feel like there's not really a whole lot shined on, on, on the homeless. And, uh, you know, there's so many people there that have just been through so much. Um, you know, the last thing that they need is for people to on the daily belittle them or demean them or act as though they're, they're ghosts. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's an interesting thing of the, the song itself. It, there's that idea that I think it's particularly, a prevalent heavy music that's a lot easier to be against something than for something. But, you know, the the song does not have that anger really at uh, people like this, but it really is advocating for the humanity of these people. I think that's such a powerful angle to take, and that story from the show is a fascinating one. Instead of berating people for not caring, you tried to motivate them towards caring. How does that carry over into your work with right. the heart support? What's, what's that? Then that's kind of the same thing you're talking about breaking down those, those lies with the truth. How does that carry over? Yeah. Um, well, the way that that started was, uh, six, I was on tour with, um, August Burns Red and then 
we were main support for a band called the Day to Remember. And uh, that tour specifically, um, you know, one of the best tours I've ever been on, one of the most exciting tours. And and so after this, uh, we had two back-to-back shows in, in Chicago. And after this, the first show, I was like, man, uh, God, like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for just all that you've given me and, and, and you know, just giving me so much. And, and, man, like, I just feel... I just, I'm just so thankful. What can I do to give back, you know? And, um, for, since I joined the band, I'd go out to the merch table and talk to kids after we played. And, uh, I would hear stories of, you know, Hey, this song, um, brought me to Christ or this song, uh, helped me with my, my heroin addiction. And I'm six months sober. Um, wow. this song helped me get over the fact that my father sexually assaulted me, you know, things like that, really yeah. heavy stuff. And, you know, I felt um, bad that I would be able to talk with them and encourage them or even maybe have the opportunity to pray with them. Um, but then I would leave, you know, and I'd go sure. to the next state or, or city or whatever. So this idea, this vision of heart support uh, came to mind, which is uh, it's an online community for uh, people to discuss openly about their struggles of addiction, their, their you know, um, issues with um, family, sexual assault, depression, uh, self-harm, things like that. And, uh, you know, they can do that anonymously. Um, they don't have to give any information about who they are, where they live. Um, there's about 15,000 people that go there a month. Wow, that's incredible. Um, yeah. And they just are able to, you know, uh, tell their stories, be heard, be encouraged. You know, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, what you believe in, who you're in love with, what, what you've done or what's been done to you. Like, we just want to take you and accept you for who you are in this moment and then try to encourage you and help you you know, move forward. And me personally going through, uh, I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid. Um, close family member of mine was a heroin addict. My parents got divorced. Um, you know, I've dealt with my own issues. It's like, you know, I can really, um, use those experiences to help other people. And, you know, when they're going through something similar. And, um, so, you know, I started that six years ago and now, you know, I've got, um, five, uh, five full-time employees. Wow. Um, We've, yeah, we've got, uh, we're going on a warp tour to hand out, um, we hand out Bibles that are custom made Bibles. They've got a, a custom cover on them. Um, you know, cause some kids don't want to walk around with a Bible at warp tour or, sure. uh, they don't want their friends knowing that they want to read the Bible. So it's like, Hey, look here, you can have this for free. We've got books on sexual assault from my good friend, uh, Justin Holcomb. Um, uh, it's called rid of my disgrace. It's a really great book about sexual assault and healing and, and, and how God can bring you through that. Um, so we hand those out for free. Uh, you know, we do interviews with bands, um, asking them about their struggles and their message of hope so that these kids can see, you know, the reality of like, Hey, these people that you celebrate and you, you know, quote unquote worship or idolize, they've gone through heavy stuff too. They're just like you, you know? So it kind of brings these artists down to their level um, and makes them feel like they're relatable, you know, and, and is encouraging. So, and then we work with other organizations, other nonprofits that specifically deal with, you know, self-harm, um, mm-hmm. or pornography or, you know, um, depression. And so these, these kids, these, these people, excuse me, not kids, um, cause our demographic is like from like 16 to like 30, 32, 33. Okay. Um, it's, it's a wide, wide variety of, of people that are, that, that, that come. So, you know, they can do all of this on their computer and nobody has to know, you know, they don't, cause not everybody has a friend or feels comfortable, um, you know, being so vulnerable and honest and open. Especially not at first. You, people get there, but very few people start right. out willing to be that open. That anonymity right. is probably a powerful right. tool. Exactly. So, you know, that's the first step is, is admitting that there's a problem or being vocal about it. Um, this is how big God is. Like, there's no boundaries here where he can't touch you. You know what I mean? Where he Absolutely. can't, where he's not going to be willing to love you and, um, and accept you, you know? Um, and I think that, unfortunately, there's a lot of religiosity with, um, with the church where there are standards and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I do understand um, being obedient to the word and, and, and being submissive and, and those types of things. But, you know, in, in, in all reality, we need to, and repentance, you know, the process of repentance. But, sure. you know, I think, I think we really need to 
look at Christ on the cross if we want to really look into this and, mm-hmm. and see that, yeah, man, like, um, he suffered for those sins. So um, when somebody um, hurts you or does something wrong, like, why don't you suffer with Christ and, and have grace and, and actually, you know, respond in love and forgiveness um, for those people and, and help them rather than shaming them with their, with their uh, struggle, you know? Um, and so at Heart Support, it's like, hey, we have atheists that know we're Christians, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is a great organization. I just love how encouraging you guys are. I don't believe in God. I think that's a joke, but, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing and I like sharing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great. You know, like, um, I think that that's God working right there, you know? Um, no doubt. But, you know, that's, that's I think, our, our, our thing is that we just want to, we want to be that big of, um, of a love from God, you know, to, to, uh, to the community. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's all a fantastic stuff, man. That's really cool. And I guess it's been Jake Lurs. Jake, thanks so much for joining us. He is the founder and executive director of Heart Support, which you can find at heartsupport.com, and the lead singer of August Burns Red. You can find out more about their tours, where to buy stuff, more about them at augustburnsred.com. All right, Jake, thanks so much, man. That was fantastic stuff. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for your time, man. Absolutely, it was, it was man. cool, cool conversation. All right, we're very thankful to Jake for taking the time. He had a lot of uh, fun stuff to say. So check you can check out augustburnsred.com and heartsupport.com for more from him. So off what he said, I really liked kind of what he got into. He's talking about. Uh, Heartsport and the music and kind of him trying to be there for people who maybe don't know exactly how to get out of a situation or where they want to go, but they know they want to make a step. And that's kind of what he has that community set up for. So I thought I'd kick it around to these guys, do kind of one of our lightning round kind of uh, one minute answers on for someone who is at that place and it can be a depression thing that like Jake's talking about, or it can be just anything you're tired of looking to make a new, new move, a new step. What's that one thing? If you could tell somebody, this is focus on this, get this one thing in your mind and uh, have that be your first deal. What would that be? And Jed, why don't you kick us off? The number one thing I would say is ask for help. Mm-hmm. The, the answers are not inside of you. Um, yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. you, you need wisdom that is not from your brain. So ask for help from other people who've walked the road before you. Ask for help from a God who loves you. Do both. Yeah, uh, ask yep. for help early and often. Keep asking for help. Start by asking for help. Keep asking help. Keep asking for help. Keep asking for help. Amen. So I should stop asking for help? No, nope, keep asking for oh, help. Oh, okay. Well, that's very good. Uh, Lee, and what would what, you have to tack onto that? Uh, it goes right on the heels of that. And I would say, as you're asking for help, be comfortable with the idea that you don't know things. Yes. And that, that you're wrong about stuff. And that you're ready to hear, uh, 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 you're ready to hear somebody tell you, your thinking on this is wrong, and you need to change the way that you see it. Um, the scripture says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you've got somebody who's willing to tell you, actually, you're wrong about this and in a kind and a good way, and you can hear that, it takes humility and it's difficult. But if you can dig it, if, you need to, if there's a change that you need to make, it's possible that your thinking got you into the situation that needs to change. So as Jed's saying, the thoughts that are going to get you out of that are not inside you because it's it's my thinking that got me here. I need I need some wisdom outside of myself to get out. So I need to be not only ready for but comfortable with the idea that I'm wrong about stuff. It's really great great thing to say, Glenn. I uh, I just piggybacking on that, I would say um that uh, uh don't despise the small beginnings, you know. That's Lord, good. Did you come up with that? Yeah, I just right off the top of my head, you know, the Lord's pleased to see the work begun, you That's know. Poetic. So, uh, that's, uh, is that going to go in feelings for my feeling place? <laughs> yeah, you know, it is, uh, this is, it just sounds so, so we know right. how it sounds, yeah. uh, but, uh, it, it, you, you have to be comfortable being new and yeah. being bad at it and being clueless and, and just a small beginning. Uh, the first bite of the elephant is a very small bit of progress. Uh, but to be focused on the progress, if you're a little better each time you go at whatever it is that you're trying to change, if if things if you're if you're uh, uh, stringing together longer streaks of uh, of uh, the kind of uh, performance or change or behavior that you want, that is victory. So it's it's all positive moving forward. 
uh, don't judge yourself by the end goal because it's misery the whole way uh, along. Mm. That is all really, really good advice. We're going to jump to our last question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, can people fall away from the faith? I hear this phrase a lot. For example, oh, he lost his faith, or she was a Christian but now isn't. Is this possible, or were they never Christians to begin with? I thought First John said something like that, but I'm not sure because it's so common to hear people talking about losing and finding your faith like you lost or found your cell phone. And Glenn, why don't you start us off? <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, that's mostly poo right there. Um, let me... Uh, <laughs> Is that like a Greek word? I'm not familiar yeah. with. Yeah, uh, the what people are talking about is not losing faith or gaining faith or losing their uh, uh, essential Christianity or any of those things. They're talking about they have engaged in negative lifestyle behavior. Yeah, yeah, and that's not the same as having faith or not. Those two aren't really connected directly. Um, the truth is, saved people sin. Uh, I, I was born right. a sinner. I expect to die imperfect and still sinning. Uh, and so the truth is I'm going to have all sorts of things in my lifestyle that, that are not Christian, you know, and are not coming from a, a place of faith. Uh, so therefore I'm going to have uh, things about me that are imperfect, that are wrong and bad. Uh, and yes, there are times when I face a certain kind of temptation and I don't handle that well, and I can have uh, a, a, a negative progress. I, that is to say, I, I, I'm regressing. I'm moving back in my spiritual progress. Uh, if you look at that and say this is a person who has lost their connection with God, yep. then you do not understand what Christianity is. Amen. So we, we can't, yep. I, I'm not right. sure that we can have a, uh, a theological uh, uh, centered discussion on that. Um, uh, so l- let's at the very least talk about what the the Bible means when it's talking about faith and having it and whatever, uh, uh, and and losing it and whatever. Uh, because I I talk to people about faith and they say, well, if I had faith, I would behave well, and if mm. I don't have faith, I don't behave well, and. I behaved poorly on this occasion, and it surprised me. Mm. Who, who could have seen it coming? <laughs> because I thought that I had faith. Okay, all of that is poo-poo. Now, here's the truth. <laughs> you have... Is that a thing in Greek? Is Greek like the Hebrew? If you say it twice, it's even more so? That's exactly okay, right. Okay, cool. You got, you're We're learning a lot on, on the show today, folks. You're picking up on a lot of things. Here, here's what I'm talking about. First of all... Uh, Faith is not something you generate and gen up within yourself. Faith is received from God. It's a virtue, and we receive those virtues from God. God gives us faith, and we receive faith in order to use it in a situation where we need it. You know, Mm -hmm. we have something going wrong and something challenging us, and I need faith in order to deal with that. So if God gives me that faith, I then in turn use that faith to handle the situation. And that faith is being, in a sense, consumed by that situation. It's being used in it. It's being, I'm applying it towards it. So it's like gas in the tank. Mm -hmm. You put put gas in my tank so I can go somewhere. If I go somewhere, there's going to be less gas in the tank. That doesn't mean that I have less faith. It means I used it. And I need to ask for more. Well, you say, well, now that sounds like a bizarre situation where you're just depending on God to constantly give you faith. Well, now now oh. we're getting somewhere. Now we're yep. where our eyes are open. But if you're not employing faith at all, that's a different thing. You see, you're you maybe you're avoiding situations uh, may, uh, where where temptation may happen. You may be acting as though you are fighting that temptation in a way that you aren't. You're sort of, sort of projecting a more holy countenance than what's really going on underneath. But none of that has to do with living a life of faith at all. I mean, you're you're avoiding faith at that point. the The theological realities are here are you are God's child, mm-hmm. adopted mm-hmm. through the blood of Christ, or you're not. That's it. Yep. If you are, you are. If I if if, if I am your son, it doesn't matter how much I sin. I'm still your son. Yep. That the. One doesn't relate to the other. Yep. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it, it, trying to say that faith, uh, you know, whatever we might deem that to be, 
uh, or lifestyle or sin, amount of sin or going to church or reading my Bible is what makes me Christian, if, if, that's, if that's sort of my definition of what is Christian, then uh, I go in and out of being Christian uh, on a fairly, <laughs> fairly continuous basis, and so do you, and so does everyone else. So right. we're really talking about uh, lifestyle stuff, and I think maybe we're talking about it in an unhealthy way as well. That's absolutely right. And, uh, Jim, maybe if I can get you to talk about the fact that so people are not falling away from faith yeah. in the way these people mean as if I was Christian and now I'm not and I lost my Christian card, but they're falling away from something. Sure. So what, 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 what might Christians mean when they say this kind of stuff if they don't mean something as a, a biblical faith? What are people sure. leaving? It's a great question. Well, to answer that, let's look at this. Glenn said, and rightly so, this is what the Bible says, is that um, you are, as a Christian, you are adopted as God's child. That's the nature of your relationship now. You are child, he is father. That's what we're doing here. Okay, so I'm 35 years old, um, and I have a dad, obviously, and my relationship with him today is different than it was when I was seven years old. And my relationship was different when I was seven than it was when I was 14, and it was different when I was 14 than when I was 21, and so on and so forth. I was no more or less his son at any of those points. Right. But the nature of the relationship changed because I, as a person, was changing. The living out of that relationship was in an ongoing evolution because I, as a person, was evolving and changing and growing. So people... You can't walk away from being adopted as God's child. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If you're his child, you're his child. But what people do walk away from is an old living out of what that relationship has looked like. Mm-hmm. See, what, what people get in, in trouble with a lot in Christian stuff is they're taught you become a Christian, and then you just do that. Yeah, It's just, just nail it down and just be that way forever. Right. And nothing in life works that way. Right. Um, your marriage can't work that way. Your career doesn't work that way. Your friendships don't work that way. Right. Nothing that is relational in this world is set it and forget it for the next 50 right. years. Right. I mean, literally, in fact, this has been studied. You might've heard before the phrase, the seven year itch. That's what that's referring to is right. that in general, most things in life kind of need to be reinvented every seven years, mm-hmm. roughly speaking. And it's true for everything that's relational. People have a way of establishing a this is what my relationship with God looks like in terms of it's living out. I do devotions two days a week, and I go to this church that I don't really like, and um, you know, I try not to look at naughty things on the internet, and that is my living out of what it is to be a Christian. Right. And then over time, they get less and less satisfied with that living out of what it means for them to be a Christian. And at a certain point, they say, well, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that anymore, mm-hmm. except they don't know what else to put in its place. Now, what you've heard us saying here is none of that. They were no more or less God's child at any point anywhere in there. They they weren't right. more God's child when they were doing 10 devotionals a week and less his child when they were doing zero devotionals a week. But their level of satisfaction with what the living out of that relationship did vary dramatically, and it got right. worse and worse and worse. So they said, well, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. The thing that peace waits on the other side of recognizing God wants you to be in a regular state of reinventing your relationship with him. Right. God wants yeah. you to grow. Right. God God yeah. wants you to say let's go deeper. Let's go further. Let's find something new. God wants that for you. God has it says that his mercies are made new every morning. And and not to interrupt you but off of what you're saying there is no such thing as just having a state of being in faith no. that you just maintain. Well there's no state of being in any relationship. Right. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, that, that just, that's not how relationships work. Exactly, this, th- yeah. this is a lived out thing. The Bible says that God's mercies are made new every morning. Part of those mercies are that he has adventures for you to go on. Yeah. You don't want to go on yesterday's adventures. You've been right. on yesterday's adventures. You, you need today's adventures. You, you yeah. want to go on those. God has exciting plans for your life. He made you with a plan and a purpose. And if we're l- tr- still trying to live out the plan and purpose from last year, we're going to be bored and frustrated and displeased with our life the good news is that's not what he wants for you we can get up tomorrow and we can say let's wipe the slate the slate clean let's start it's a new year it's a new month whatever i'll start over god what do you have for me today 
Yeah. What do you want this relationship and the lived out quality of this relationship to look like today? Nothing could make him happier. And in truth, nothing's going to make you happier. Yeah. That's all absolutely right. And Lee, I'd love to get you to clean us, clean this up for us with, um, so the, the, the kind of the biblical concept I'm talking about here is something called eternal security. Basically right. that means you may hear it phrases once saved, always saved. It's kind of what we're talking about here that your faith, your salvation is not something you can lose based on your behavior. Cause it's not something you gained based on your behavior or your faith or any of that stuff. But it is a very, the reason we have to keep reminding ourselves that is it's a very um, pervasive idea. It's a very understandable idea to think, well, Christians act this way, not that way. So someone does this, not that they're not Christian anymore. But what are some, what are some biblical ideas, some verses we can kind of take with us, not to have arguments with, not to have debates with, but when people start talking this stuff so that we can know, no, that's not how it is because it says this in this book. Well, and I like the way that you said that, so that we can know, not so we can have arguments, but also so that you can know for yourself. Because Absolutely. as these guys are saying, I'm going to screw up in humongous ways. I'm going to surprise myself when I shouldn't be surprised. And and it's good to know things that the Lord says about this. One thing that the Lord says is, it says, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is in the book of Romans chapter 10. And in John chapter 10, Jesus said, he talked about being the good shepherd and how we're his sheep. And he said... He said, no one can snatch my sheep out of my hand. And he said, he said, I, he said, the, no one can snatch them out of the father's hand. He said in John chapter five, he said a great verse. Um, it's, it's one of those verses that you want to know it, but he said, anybody who hears my voice and believes him who sent me has everlasting life will yeah. not come into judgment, but has already crossed over into eternal life. And that's, that's an amazing promise that if I've, if I believed in Jesus, I will not come into judgment. I've already crossed over from death into life. Um, he, the, you know, the Apostle Paul says in uh, Philippians chapter 1, he said, I'm being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Romans chapter 8, there's nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. This is an idea over and over and over again in the scriptures. And it's exactly what you said, Matt, that I didn't get into this relationship by being awesome. So... Being less than awesome doesn't boot me out of this relationship. This is a relationship that I was given for free by the mercy of God, as Glenn said earlier, because of the blood of Jesus. And he says, nobody's changing my mind on that. And you are not going to come into judgment or condemnation. Nobody can revoke this. I think it's Romans chapter 11 says the call and gifts of God are irrevocable. So these are the things that we need to know, not, as Matt said, just Exactly right. Not so we can get in debates with people, but so that you can remember this yourself when you surprise your own self or when somebody that you love so much, when you look at them and you're just like, man, I really thought there was something there and now I'm super confused. And, and the feelings of it are, is, is the hard part. Watching, you know, looking at your own life or watching your friend's life and to know this is what the Lord says about this. It's a good thing. Amen. 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 If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you're right in the Tumblr, please mention the podcast. So I know you want to answer it on here as well as the blog. We want to give another big thanks to Jake Lurs of August Burns Red for sitting down to talk with us. You can check them out, augustburnsred.com. You can check out Jake's nonprofit, Heart Support, at heartsupport.com. The uh, song we discussed, the name of it is Ghosts. You can find that uh, everywhere you get music. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, all that good stuff. If you like the heavy music, we're going to take you out with that kind of song. This is a song from a band we do a lot of work with up here called The Sign Upon Your Hands. This is their version of uh, Galatians 6-9. This is a song they call Weary. This features a couple of guest vocalists, our friend Jimmy Shaddix from right here in the Chicago area, and speaking of Canada, Jed. Uh, Our friend Ella Melser from Canada, so we appreciate a lot of very talented people lending us their support. A Sign Upon Your Hands has done a bunch of these kind of scripture memorization tracks. If you like that stuff, we put them at the end of every episode of our podcast called The Bridge Loud, which comes out every Friday that you can find in iTunes. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, you're on notice, Canada. Don't try and seduce us with your maple flavor temptation. Now become weary and doing good. Find the proper time. We will reap the harvest in the